Thanks for joining Impact Boom. On this episode... Comparable to the wider startup space where there's only about 25% of the entire startup space have female founders. So there are a lot of female founders working and collaborating in this space because we all need to work together to overcome some of the barriers that we face compared to our male colleagues. And that includes things like access to investment. Welcome to impactboom.org. We search the globe to find the people, stories, ideas, and inspiration to help you create maximum positive impact. Each week, Impact Boom brings you thought-provoking interviews with world-leading practitioners passionate about creating positive social change. These designers, social entrepreneurs, educators, innovators, thinkers, and doers share their projects, initiatives, thoughts, and insights on creating a better world. You can find all the stories, links, and other great content at impactboom.org. Follow us on Facebook or Twitter for the latest updates, or subscribe to the newsletter or on iTunes. Thanks for listening to episode 337 of Impact Boom. My name is Indio Miles, and I'm passionate about communicating the initiatives and enterprises causing sustainable and positive change globally. Today, we're speaking with Camille Goldstone-Henry. Camille Goldstone-Henry is a wildlife scientist, Camille Roy woman, and CEO and founder of biodiversity tech startup, Xylo Systems. She has been lucky enough to work with endangered species around the world in her wildlife conservation career, including Tasmanian devils and Sumatran tigers. Founded by Camille in 2020, Xylo Systems is a cloud-based platform using artificial intelligence to connect track and manage conservation projects so that we can tackle the extinction crisis faster and together. Xylo Systems is already an award-winning startup and Camille has been awarded honors including the Women's Weekly Woman of the Future Award in 2021, New South Wales Young Woman of the Year finalist in 2022, and Women in AI Trailblazer and Climate in AI Awards 2022. This is all for her passion in bringing together for wildlife and technology to turbocharge wildlife conservation and preserve biodiversity for future generations. On today's podcast, we'll be discussing how innovative technology can intervene with the extinction of animals in their native habitats and key lessons learned by Camille through participating in the Hatch Accelerator program. Camille, thank you very much for joining us today. It's really exciting to be speaking with you. Thanks so much for having me on, Indio. I'm really excited to share my journey with you today. Excellent. And to start off with sharing that journey, can you please share a bit about your background and then what led to your work in social enterprise? Yeah, sure. As you mentioned in your fantastic intro, thank you for that. I am a wildlife conservation scientist. I think like most people working in wildlife or the conservation space, I've had a passion for wildlife my entire life. I grew up in Newcastle, New South Wales on the coast. So I'm currently based in Sydney, about two hours north. So I spent a lot of time as a child in nature, along the coast, surfing, camping. My parents were really big on sustainability. So they embedded in me from a really young age, the importance of conserving our natural environment and sustainability principles. I think that really inspired me to enter into a career in wildlife conservation. Off I went to university, I studied a Bachelor of Animal and Veterinary Bioscience and was then lucky enough to land a job working as a conservation scientist 
in the zoo industry. In that role, I managed really large conservation projects here in Australia and also around the world. You mentioned the Tasmanian devil. That's probably my largest piece of work to date. So my job really there was to manage our insurance population. We had an insurance population of Tasmanian devils in captivity because of the devil facial tumor disease in the wild. We thought they were going to go extinct. So I was really in charge of the genetics and demographics of that insurance population and also the larger meta population. I worked really closely with governments, academics, other conservation not-for-profits to ensure that we maintain that species in the wild. I did that for a number of critically endangered species here in Australia, but I became quite frustrated working in the space on these really large stakeholder projects. It can become really inefficient and ineffective. Information sharing became quite hard. It was all very manual, which meant if we had any major natural disasters that took potential release sites offline or potential conservation sites offline, we didn't have an easy way to adjust and be flexible around our goals for these endangered species. That's really what inspired me to start Silo Systems. But I think what the real trigger was, I am currently studying an MBA and throughout my studies, I've learned a lot about other industries, corporate sector, retail, and how these industries are using data and artificial intelligence to really change the world in which we live. A great example is the retail industry now uses customer data to hyper-target and create any consumer's buying process really personalized. And they do that using AI and data. And I thought, why aren't we using this technology for good? Why can't we apply this technology to solve one of our biggest biodiversity crisis that humanity has ever seen? That was the real trigger for Silo Systems. It was taking my frustration of working in the conservation space and pairing it with technology and really seeing that as a way forward in which we can reach our conservation goals much faster and also with the current resources we have. It's really a game changer for the industry, which I'm so excited about. Really fascinating background there. And that leads into you being the CEO and founder of Zylo Systems, which is this amazing platform integrating technology and AI to address this really a prominent issue that we're facing with animals going extinct. So can you tell us a bit more about the venture's core social mission and the product that it offers? Sure. Our mission, our absolute North Star is to turbocharge conservation globally using the power of data and AI. We want to give organizations and businesses tools to become nature positive as fast as possible. We've seen a huge movement in net zero, which is so fantastic. But net zero isn't enough necessarily. I don't want to discredit the work that's being done in climate reductions in the net zero space because it's absolutely critical. But when we often talk about the climate emergency and human Mm. impacts on the climate, we often leave out a critical factor, which is biodiversity and the holistic environment in which we all live. We really want to help organisations including those that are currently working on preserving biodiversity. So here we're talking about governments, conservation organisations, not-for-profits, academics and universities, but also the corporate sector, development and mining sectors to become nature positive. We are really about giving everyone the tools to contribute to preserving what biodiversity we have left and becoming nature positive. Our core product aggregates 
environmental and conservation data into a platform and we present that conservation data in visualizations. Our AI algorithms also mine all of the data that's being fed into our system from open source data sets, from our clients' internal data sets, and also from some data that we're generating ourselves to find wildlife stories hidden in numbers, to find out what has happened in the past and what can we do in the future to ensure that we can preserve those critically endangered species we have not just here in Australia, but around the world, and then provide decision makers and the corporate sector with strategies and recommendations on how they can preserve biodiversity or absolutely minimize their impact on biodiversity. That's really our core social mission and our product is turbocharging wildlife conservation using technology. Wow, fascinating product that you're offering there. And being applied to this issue of conservation and preserving the wildlife and the natural habitats, it's really fascinating. So thank you so much for sharing that. So if we're speaking about the issue itself of endangered and friend species, especially in Australia, how prevalent is this issue? And what are some of the leading causes of this? The issue is huge. And I'm not quite sure if the general public knows how dire of a situation we are in. Australia is actually home to a very embarrassing statistic. We have the largest mammal extinction rate in the world. That means the most mammals have gone extinct in Australia as a result of human impact compared to any other region in the world. That is huge. We've lost 100 species since European colonization, and we're also globally losing a species every three to five minutes, which is absolutely mind-boggling. That is a lot of species. We're talking here anything from plants, insects, all the way up to mammals. So you can see how dire the situation is. I think recently most people saw off the back of the 2019-2020 bushfires the impact that had on our native species Three billion animals died or were displaced. Again, another mind-boggling number. It's just really hard to wrap your head around. The figures from a platform called the Threatened Species Index indicates here in New South Wales, we've lost about 75% of our biodiversity in 45 years. That is huge. And we're on a downward trajectory. The main leading causes, of course, are climate change. That is happening globally. We had a species called the Campbell Island rodent, which was Australia's first species to go extinct as a result of climate change. And it was found on a small island in the Torres Strait. That is going to be an ongoing thing for a lot of our species here in this country. But really the biggest leading causes of population declines introduce species, feral cats, foxes, rabbits, degradation of habitat and loss of habitats from development. This is a really big issue for frogs and for koalas. Frogs, it's really dire at the moment because frogs are our canary in the coal mine. We're seeing huge declines in frogs because of urban sprawl across our country. And if we start losing our frogs, we're in serious trouble ourselves. We rely on ecosystem services and nature for so much of the way in which humans live we rely on it for our food system we rely on it for fresh water we rely on it even for the economy our spiritual health and well-being nature is critical and so we need to be addressing some of these leading causes like climate change introduced species and habitat loss so that we can save ourselves it's really devastating to hear of all of those different problems that are going on and 
all of the threats against these species and how much extinction is happening here in Australia. It's really a problem. And it's amazing to see that there are initiatives such as your own and silo systems that are applying these practices to try and make a difference in this space. Thank you for sharing that information with us. And you are a, an alum of the Hatch Tarunga Accelerator Program. And with Zalo Systems being your project that you brought through that accelerator. So what were some of the key lessons that you took away from that program that would be useful for other founders or people who just want to seek a social impact who are listening in? If I can indulge just for a second and let you know how much I loved going through the Hatch Accelerator. If you have an environmental, sustainability or wildlife focused startup, The Hatch Accelerator is truly changing for your trajectory in social impact and social enterprise. The biggest lesson that I took away from the Accelerator program was the importance of behavior change when you're building your social enterprise. The Taronga Zoo team actually did a fantastic session on this. They are leaders in behavior change in environment, sustainability, and wildlife. It's not enough to just disrupt any sector or industry you're working in. In our case, we're we're disrupting how we manage wildlife globally using technology. You also need to bring people along for the ride. What we have noticed in Silo Systems journey is a huge gap between technical knowledge and where technology is. There's not a lot of technical knowledge in the conservation space because everyone is so busy and stretched just trying to save these species. They don't have time to go out and learn about all of these incredible emerging technologies that can help them save time and money. A huge part of our journey has been working with the conservation community to educate them on the benefits and the opportunities that lie in working with technologies like artificial intelligence and that is a behavior change piece for us so not only do we offer our product we also are offering and going to offer more resources to upskill wildlife conservationists government academics in this space so that we can all tackle the extinction crisis with the best tools that we have I think that behavior change piece applies to any social enterprise you're always going to have to educate people whether it be the general public investors stakeholders on what it is that you're doing and what the root causes of it are so that you can bring them along for the ride Wow, that behavior change is such an important thing especially around technology and people being able to embrace it and uptake it to implement it in their own circumstances. So some really key learnings there through that Hatch program. So thank you for sharing that with our audience there, Camille. And if you're talking about looking to the future and for other change makers, even people within this eco-innovation space like yourself, where do you believe there are opportunities for change makers to collaborate and work together to help conserve wildlife and habitats? So many areas for collaboration in this space. And I think we're particularly lucky here in Australia that we have a lot of change makers working on the environment, working on sustainability, working on wildlife and habitats. And Hatch is just one of the accelerator programs that helps bring all of those together. But I'm also part of the Fishburners Tech for Good Hub. And there's a whole suite of incredible change makers working on these problems. The opportunity for collaboration and also the collaboration that is currently going on really helps us all further our goals because we've all got the same mission, right? We all want to preserve the environment. We all want to leave the world a better place than how we found it. Mm-hmm. Ways in which I'm collaborating with other change makers 
I love working with other female founders in this space. I think the Climate Salad Climate Tech report came out today, and that is industry-wide scope on what's happening in climate technology in Australia and what startups are working in this space. Almost 50% of climate tech founders are women, which is comparable to the wider startup space, but only about 25% of the entire startup space have female founders. There are a lot of female founders working and collaborating in this space because we all need to work together to overcome some of the barriers that we face compared to our male colleagues. And that includes things like access to investment. Less than 4% of venture capital funding goes towards female founders. And it's even less for those working in the environment, wildlife and sustainability space. So I'm working with a lot of female founders in this space to compare notes, make introductions to investors, share opportunities so that we all have the opportunity to realise our ideas, realise our visions with the rising tide floats all boats. And that's where I really love working with the female founders in this space. But there are so many other facets to conserving wildlife and habitat and so many changemakers working in this wider ecosystem. We've got a really exciting partnership with a cloud tech startup based in Tasmania. Mm. The reason why these guys are so exciting and Xylo Systems is based in the cloud, so it's a huge part of what we're building. This startup called Firmus is operating a close to carbon neutral cloud which is completely unheard of. You think about cloud computing, it takes up a lot of energy and resources. And most of those are from non-renewable sources. I don't want to name any names, but you can probably name some of the really big cloud providers out there. So we've partnered with this cloud startup Firmus to make sure that we are operating our platform as close to carbon neutral as possible. I'm not going to try and talk about the technology that they've got that helps them become (laughs) carbon neutral, but it really is incredible. And I think that shows you the potential of how change makers are collaborating in Australia to really bring us closer to net zero and hopefully in the future, nature positive. 100%. Those are some amazing examples there of collaboration with other organizations. And it just showcases how much potential is within this space of wildlife conservation and eco-innovation, like really innovative technology and projects that are helping to address some of these really big threats to habitats, especially in Australia, as you talked about earlier. That provides also a really good lead in when you're talking about these other organizations. What inspiring projects or initiatives have you come across recently? that are creating a positive social change like your own? It's so hard to fit this in the short time that we have because there are so many out there and Mm. I'd just love to give them all a shout out if you're listening to this podcast. I love you all. You're doing great work. But some of my favourite initiatives at the moment, there's a startup called Carapat and their founder, Kimberly Bolton, actually won the Hatch Accelerator last year. She's doing a really incredible job of tackling the plastic problem and plastic in our oceans. Carapac are taking crustacean shells and making it into a biodegradable antimicrobial alternative plastic. This plastic can be used in supermarkets to how you currently get your baby spinach in a plastic bag. In the future, that will be Carapac's biodegradable antimicrobial plastic which not only preserves the shelf life of that food you can also plant that 
alternative plastic in your plants at home when you're finished with it and it fertilizes them it's really incredible she has this image of a dying house plant and a flourishing house plant and she put her carapac product in the flourishing plant that is such a cool job that she's doing because she's tackling two problems there the mm-hmm. crustacean shell waste problem and also the plastic problem mm-hmm. we're also working with an organization called Environmetrics, and they're a startup out of Queensland who are using satellite data to help mines manage their natural assets and help them manage their sustainability. They're operating in a very similar space to us, but are using satellite data, which is really cool. They can map the impacts that mines have on the natural environment around them and help them better manage that habitat regeneration or help reduce the impacts of mining on the environment around the actual mines. So that's another really cool startup operating in Australia. The final one that I'm just so excited about is Replated, another Hatch alumni. I'm very close with my Hatch alums. The founder, Naomi Tarchitz, she's developed a Tupperware container that replaces or take out plastic container. So when you go and get Thai food and you get it in your plastic container, Naomi has developed a industry standardized Tupperware container that can be used over and over again so that you can get takeaway more sustainably. She's taking over the world here. She's everywhere in Sydney. Check them out. They've got some really cool products. A few really fantastic innovations and initiatives there. And we've had Naomi actually on the podcast in the past. So all of the listeners will be able to go check out her. A few really amazing recommendations there. Thank you so much for sharing those initiatives. And to finish off, what books or resources would you recommend for our listeners to check out? So many, but to begin with, if you're interested in biodiversity, a really good place to start is a podcast called The Business of Biodiversity, and you can get that wherever you get your podcasts, perhaps where you're listening to this one right now. And that gives you a really good overview of all of the innovation that's happening in the biodiversity and wildlife space in Australia. As a startup founder, it's very much a roller coaster. Starting your own business and managing the uncertainty of a startup, particularly a tech startup. A book that I read recently is called The Hard Thing About Hard Things. And it talks about the answers that a lot of the other startup books don't have. What do you do when you're trying to hire the right person? Or what do you do when you need to fire an entire department? Which are really scary things that you have to think about as a startup founder. And we're seeing in the tech space in Australia at the moment, a lot of layoffs and it is hard economically. So mm-hmm. I think if a startup founder, the heart of things about hard things is a must read book. It's given me a lot of answers that I haven't been able to find anywhere else. Then finally, and I wanted to touch on this because I touched on female founders and there's a lot going on in the world at the moment in terms of gender equality and women's rights. Another book that I'm reading right now is called Invisible Women. And also as a data nerd, I love this book. It's about the gender data gap and how this world is not exactly built for women. So I'd really recommend that if you're interested in data and the artificial intelligence space. Really fantastic recommendations there as well for books and resources and all of the initiatives, entrepreneurs, books, resources, projects that you've mentioned throughout the podcast today. Those will all be linked in at the end of the article. So once the listeners have either had to listen to us <laughs> having to chat here or they've read through the article, they'll be able to click on through and check all of those out, which will be absolutely amazing for them, I'm sure. So that actually brings us today to the end of our interview, Camille. So I just want to say on behalf of Impact Boom, thank you so much for making the time to share your insights with our audience. It has just been a really wonderful conversation and very enlightening. 
about this issue of wildlife conservation and where there's opportunities for people led by change to be able to make their own impact. So it's great to see the work that you're doing with Silo Systems. We can't wait to see what happens in the future as well and all of the progress that you make there at Silo Systems. So all the best and take care. Thank you so much. You too. Thanks for listening to Impact Boom. You'll find links to the initiatives, people and resources mentioned in this podcast on impactboom.org. Please leave your comments below and remember, we'll be publishing fresh inspiration and insights to help you create positive impact every week on the website, Facebook page and Twitter.